When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
All right, some old school anthrax for you there with the fistful of metal records from Howlin' Furies. And my guest tonight, Charlie Benante of Anthrax and Ump from Motor Train. I'll be calling in at about 7.30, and I'm going to get that interview with Charlie Benante on first. Uh, he couldn't make it live tonight, so I, I spoke to him early and I recorded it. And I'll get that on. And i got to tell you, it was a pretty awkward interview, very uncomfortable. Um, I cut out a lot from the beginning because there was a lot of stuff that was said. And after that, you know, it kind of just went downhill from there. <laughs> but I'm going to get it on anyway. I found myself over-congratulatory towards him, if that's the right word to use. Uh, just because I couldn't get him to say much, it felt like, in the beginning. But I'll let you guys uh, listen to it, and you let me know what you think. Not one of my better ones, in my opinion, but we'll take it from there. I'm giving you an advanced one, right, so you can't beat that. But we're going to be talking to Ump, the guitar player and singer from Motor Train later on. A great band. I just got into him not long ago, and I'm excited to talk to him. So uh, stick around for that also. We're going to get some great music on in between. My buddy Tommy's not around tonight. He's at home watching the football game and the hockey game, so he's got a sports uh, Sunday planned. But we're going to keep the music going here. How about some Blade Runner, Eyes of the Beholder?
surprised. I got some rods for you there. That came off the band's last record, Vengeance. And, uh, you know, before the rods, Rock Feinstein was in a band called Elf with uh, Ronnie James Dio. And I know they just released a, a new album called, well, it's not new, it's a, it's a new album, but it's of an old bootleg show from the early 70s called And Before Elf, There Were Elves. So you can hear Rock playing on that album also over there. That just came out. All right, and I had Rock on the show a couple of times. He's a great guy to talk to. And uh, speaking of Rock, you know, uh, one of the former singers of The Rods, who came later on, Sammy Abigail, he'll be on the show on the 20th. Abigail's finally got their brand-new record coming out, so we're going to talk to Sammy then. I'm looking forward to talking to the Shoemaker. It's been a while since uh, I've had him on here. All right, so let me see what's going on here. There's a couple of good records coming out. I've been playing the new uh, Megadeth uh, 13 a lot lately. Uh, really good album, uh, much better than the last two. I don't know if it's, you know, with David Ellison being back in the band, but, you know, we're also going to have to start a pool of how long it'll be before he's out of the band again. <laughs> it's like the Joey Belladonna thing with Anthrax. They're in, they're out. And I think it's coming soon because you have Dave Ellison on Blabbermouth saying how he doesn't have to walk in eggshells anymore around Mustaine. And you have Mustaine making compliments about Ellison. So usually when that starts, trouble starts brewing and somebody's gone. And, you know, it won't be Mustaine. But right now, the album 13 is a great record. Uh, I would definitely go pick it up. One of the better ones that came out this year. Venom finally have their new record for Angels coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, my buddy Jack Starr, Burner Starr, got a brand new record out called Land of the Dead. At least it comes out next week on the 11th. Uh, and I had Jack and Ned and Todd on here, and all those guys are back on the record. There's also guest appearances by David Shankle and Ross Boss from Man of War. At least they used to be in Man of War at one time or another. I'm sure that's going to be a great sounding record. So there's a lot going on, and I know uh, Black Sabbath have a, a press conference to hold in on the 11th also. I think the 11th was dubbed Heavy Metal Day or something, so it seems like everything involving metal is going on that day, and Sabbath holding a, a press conference out in L.A., and more than likely it's to announce their reunion with Ozzy again. So we'll see how that goes. Personally, you know, Ozzy doesn't have the chops anymore, and even though I've never seen that original lineup, and I would love to see them as bad as I know it'll be with Ozzy singing, and I'm a big Ozzy fan. It's just that, you know, there comes a time when you just don't have it anymore and you should retire, and I think he passed that a few years ago, in my opinion. They're going to be limited on the songs they could do Black Sabbath. It'll be your basics, you know, like Iron Man, War Pigs, Black Sabbath. You won't hear any of those other songs that you're dying to hear live by the band because he just can't sing them anymore. But we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll check out the announcement. I know Overkill, they're out on the road again right now. It's going to be a great show. Check out the website. They're all over the place. And uh, Anthrax, who I have Charlie, I with Charlie Benanti in a little bit, they're out with Testament and Death Angel. So you can't ask for a better you know, tour going around of three classic 80s thrash bands. All right, let me see what I can do for you now. How about we do our demolition segment? We get that out of the way. Uh, this is a band called Glacier. The song is ready for battle. Their demo is up right now on the Heavy Metal Mayhem blog spot. The link is right here. Uh, you can go there and download a copy of the demo. Like I said, here's ready for battle.
All right, that was Glacia out of Portland, Oregon. The band started out in 1979. They're still active today. I mean, you don't hear much about them anymore. They had out the that demo tape in 1984, Ready for Battle, which you can download right now at the Block Spot. They put out an EP a year later in 85, and then another demo, which contains some other stuff on there from their previous work. And, you know, they kind of uh, disappeared in the late 80s, but I guess they're back to playing again together today, and some good classic heavy metal right there for you. You can't beat that. You know what? We're going to go from some classic heavy metal to some classic New York City hardcore. I remember back in the mid-'80s, uh, my band Stillborn played with these guys dozens of times. Sheer Terror were a great bunch of guys. We had a lot of fun together. We used to rent out vans, travel all over the place. If one of us got on a show, we always tried to make sure we got the other one playing. And we just had a blast back in the day, man. And they're still active. They're still going at it today. You know, it's really just Paul and the band singing and a couple of new guys. But, uh... They still sound great. I got to tell you, I saw a clip on YouTube uh, about a week ago of a recent show they did, and Paul sounds as intense as ever. So how about some twisting and turning?
That was Power Lord. The band had one record out uh, called The Awakening back in 1986. They were from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, as well as our guests later on, Motor Train. They're from Oklahoma themselves, so a couple of Oklahomians on here today. i got to ask them if that's the right word to describe Oklahomans. But uh, they were a pretty good band. Two brothers in the band on guitar and drums, uh, Rob Gurley and uh, Tony Gurley. And Rob actually played in Dark Angel for a little while. Uh, back in the, I think it was the early 90s, I want to say, but don't uh, don't quote me on that. All right, we're going to get this interview going right now. You know, it would have helped if I had the mic on. I had a whole bunch of stuff to say, and I don't think anybody <laughs> heard a word of it. Okay, I apologize about that. I want to thank George Neal from Halloween. He's in the chat hanging out. Uh, like I was saying, that was a band called Power Lord. Uh, it came out of Oklahoma back in the day. It had one record out called The Awakening back in 86, and that featured the brothers Bob and Tony Gurley. Uh, like I was saying, Bob will play drummers in Dark Angel for a little bit. But right now it's time to start this interview with Charlie Benante of Anthrax. It's not a long one, about 20 minutes, so sit back, relax, enjoy. We'll get some music on. Our man in the streets, Ken Pierce, will be calling in with his concert calendar update. And we have Ump from Motor Train calling in right after that. So here you go. Hey, Charlie, it's Mike calling you back from Heavy Metal Mayhem. Hey, man. How are you? How are you doing? I guess we got a little signals crossed over there. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. All right. I'm glad to talk to you today, man. I go back with you guys from the very, very early days here in New York, so it's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, anytime. You know, it, it looks like the band got its groove back uh, with worship music. It seems like it was a roller coaster ride the last few years, and I guess it finally paid off for you guys again. Um, yeah, I mean, everything that went into it, uh, it, it did make us a lot stronger and made us a tighter unit. And, uh, you know, sometimes in life you got to go through some bad shit in order to see the good, in, 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 you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad that it's back again for you guys. Not that it ever went anywhere, but I, I know as a band it must have been rough. Um, oh wait. Can you hang on one second? I think sure. another interview is trying to call. Hang on. Sorry, bro. Yep, that was another interview, so he's he's gonna call me back. All right, you got. It. I'll keep it quick, so that way you're not too banged out today, you know. Okay. No problem. Oh, so I was saying, yeah, it, it, you know, as you know, with the band and everything, did you ever feel like, hey, you know, this might be it for us? We don't know if we're gonna keep going on. There was a, you know, yeah, okay. There wasn't a lot of, of attention brought to that, but there was a little attention brought to it. Um, it was a thought. Um, sometimes when you're you're hit with such an, uh, you know, a huge shovel of of bullshit, sometimes it's hard to kind of dig yourself out of it when you feel like it's just been piled on. So there was a feeling, an overwhelming feeling of that. And um, and then after a few thoughts and everything and you process it all, it's like, well, fuck it, you know. Uh, you know, there's, there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And you just have to persevere. And, and that's what it's all about. I mean, it's basically um, what we do in life, you know. When you get hit with a ton of, you know, like I say, a huge shovel of shit, you got to try and dig yourself out of it. 
I know. It's, it's, you know it's the, whole, the music world is like that in general, so I guess you kind of grow a thick skin over the years anyway. Especially you, you guys, it's almost 30 years that you've been together, and you've managed to survive you know, one change or another in the scene over these 30 years by adapting. So that's got to help you out also. Yeah, I mean, the most important thing about it is you really... It's it's kind of hard. Like where there, there's certain bands out there that um, continue to make the same records over and over again. They never really think outside the box, and in some ways, it totally benefits them because their audience it knows exactly what they're going to get every time, and you know they pretty much keep that fan base. But for us, it's always been a question of just kind of reaching outside a little bit and taking a chance and, you know, taking chances in music because for me it's it's very important to do that. You have to take a chance every once in a while or else how do you grow musically or, or anything, you know? No, that's that's so true. And you being like, you know, one of the main songwriters in the, in the band, you kind of have a say in where the music goes. And you know, I can I can I agree with you hundred percent. You know, if you want to hear the same Anthrax album time and time again, that's fine. But as a musician, you want to experience the different things out there. And and you guys have seen to done that over the years, and you've managed to survive, which is a hard thing that a lot of fans have you know weren't able to do. So maybe that diversity oh, yeah. helped you guys out. Yeah, I mean there was there was some you know tough periods for us, and not all of it's gravy. I mean that's that's the truth, you know. I know. You know. It's just, a, you know, I mean, you go back to those early days when you recorded the Soldiers of Metal with Ross the Boss, and then you work with Carl Canyon and Cedar to today. You know, it, it seems like two different worlds, doesn't it? To me, it seems like yesterday as a fan, but as as the person in the band, how does it feel to you over these 30 years? I felt like, you know, when you just mentioned those things, that's when I was, you know, really young and very impressionable, and uh, I listened more back then than I would now, um, but that's be, that's just because I was like I was a sponge and I was just trying to absorb as much of you know of it that I possibly could. So if if Ross the boss back then would have suggested something, I would have probably been more open to it than I would nowadays. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure, yeah, because like I said, you're a kid, you're just getting into it, and you figure these guys are experienced, so you kind of go with it, but, you you know, the progression is remarkable over the years, and even though you've had, like, your ups and downs in the singing department, you have to admit, you've had some of the best singers out there, I mean, you know, Neil Turbin, Joey, John Bush, I mean, they're yeah, all yeah, they're, they're, top they're, notch. Great, you know, great guys, John and Joey are, you know, great singers, and they have so much... Uh, personality in their voices too um you know i mean it's undeniable that they are two great singers no doubt about that and uh you know joey's back now hopefully things will be great around you know this time around and, and it'll keep going and how did the songs work out for the new record did you have to rework them a little bit for joey's styles because they were written when dan was in the band for a while well a lot of it was written before no one was in the band oh, okay. we didn't have any singer and when when a lot of these songs were written, and it was kind of the same way Spreading the Disease was written, we didn't even have a singer. Um, so um, that's the way that's the way we were working. Um, and yeah, you know, when Joey came back, um, 
approached these songs in a way that he he could. And you know, it some of these songs didn't change, some of these songs did change, you know. But the thing is, even on the songs that we didn't really change, they changed anyway because Joey's singing on them uh, basically brought them from just being a good song to being a fucking great song. I mean, that's the difference of, of, of it all. You know, the thing that you put on top of it changes the whole entire landscape. And I saw it firsthand, you know, and when he started singing these songs, you know, I got goosebumps and it was just like, that's it. There it is. That's the sound that's been missing. And it was so apparent, you know. It, it does show. I mean, you know, Joey's been, uh, you know, a lot of people don't remember the Neil Turbin ever. And, you know, John Bush was like, the band had a whole different life with John in there. But Joey brings back that old style, but yet it's so modern and, you know, new, but yet it's familiar to, 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 to the fans and to the people. I agree. And that's a hard thing. And, you know, over, over the years, you know, do you have to have, like, a thick skin, or do you just kind of, like, grow used to it? Because especially today with the Internet and computers, everybody's a critic. It doesn't matter if you're Anthrax, Metallica, or some garage band in Nebraska. Everybody has an opinion and, and has something to say about anything everybody does. Uh, do you just like let it roll off your back these days when you hear stuff about the band? Because you'll hear a thousand good things and one bad thing, but do you focus more on the one bad thing? I used to be. I used to focus on the bad thing. And, you know... It does happen to this day. Um, but the thing that I said um, months ago when people were given, you know, writing stuff about, well, get Bush back in the band. Get, and it's like, look, shut the fuck up for a minute, okay? <laughs> Just wait until you hear the record with Joey, and then you can make your decision. But don't prejudge it. You know what I mean? At least give yeah. it that much. And... And look what happened. You know, I haven't heard a bad thing about the record. That's true. And that's all I was asking is just give it a chance. And then if after hearing it, if you don't like it, well, then fine, because then it is constructive criticism. But don't just say you don't like something just for the sake of, oh, I don't like it. You know. So, I mean, and I think that's what a lot of people do. They prejudge and and and. And a lot of people hide behind their com- their computer. You know, they have what I call internet balls. Yeah. Like they'll um, because it doesn't matter because they're they're anonymous and they can say whatever the fuck they want. And some people just like to talk shit just for the fact of just stirring up something. They don't even, they may not even believe what they're writing, but yet they get off on that. And um, and it, and it's true to the fact that most of these people, you know, are people that really want to be musicians, they really want to be successful, but they they, they they don't get the opportunity, they don't get the chance, so they're frustrated, and then in turn they take it out on bands, you know, like, I mean, I've read so much stupid shit on Blabbermouth, not even about my band, but about other bands, and I remember reading something where someone was ripping apart Jimmy Page for something, and I think after that day I was like, man, this is just ridiculous, you know, it's just baby shit, and I don't know. I, I don't want to go down to that level. If you're going to tear apart Jimmy Page, then you really have no clue <laughs> about exactly. it. Exactly. It's true, man. That's just the way people are today, and you know, it's it's a different world. You know, metalheads are very like you know, 
they're very loyal people, but they also don't like to see change or experiment with change, and they all have their size and fractions. So does that ever weigh on you when you're writing music that, you know, a lot of metalheads won't accept a different type of anthrax, but yet, you know, the few that you lose, you're always going to gain 10 more new fans. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that, and you can never please everyone, but you really have to put yourself in the seat of the audience and what would they like to hear. I mean, make no, make, there's no doubt about it that the record that we just made is a true heavy metal record. There's no other influences on this record but hard rock and metal. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of the people who didn't like us in the past came back this time because it basically catered to them. And but that's just the way the band's been feeling for the last few years. We felt there was a lack of true hard rock, heavy metal records. Um, and, and, and in that sense, I don't mean that there hasn't been a lack of metal bands or hard rock bands, but I'm saying the quality of those records have not been all that good. Some of these records have been maybe three, four songs deep of good shit, and then the rest is just fucking crap. True. Yeah, I know. It's a different world out there right now. And right now, you guys are out with Testament, Death Angel. I mean, I don't think you could ask for a better tour to be on. No, it's, like it's good. How's it going? Yeah, that's a that's a good metal package, and it's been great. It's been going really well. So there you go. You give people what they want, and they'll come. That's a God's honest truth. And you guys, like you know, Anthrax are at a different level than a lot of other bands. Do you guys see the change, like you know, because you know the record business is in shambles with the download and people aren't buying albums. They were, bands are counting on playing out live. And a lot of the smaller bands, they can't even get people to come to the clubs anymore. Uh, do you guys see that you're leveling up? Um, I mean, I, I'd have to say we... I'd have to be grateful. Uh, I am grateful for the whole Big Four opportunity. It put the three, the three other bands in a certain, you know, in the same context again as far as you know, us being associated with those bands again, you know, um, that's helped us a lot, to be honest with you. And it's helped the other two bands as well. I mean, Metallica is Metallica, you know? Yeah. And if, and if, um, and I owe a lot to, you know, to them for, for doing that for us, you know, and I said that too, that, um, we were the band that had the most to win on that whole big four tour, uh, because we were the band that was probably struggling the most with with our, you know, in, not, I'm not going to say inability, but in a sense, we were the band that just wasn't consistent as the other bands were, and we we've been through the peaks we, and valleys throughout the throughout this whole thing. So I I have to say that those shows really helped us to a get our shit together. And to be a better band, you know what I mean? Because we go up against these other three bands, and it's like, man, you fucking got to bring it every night. Yeah. And you guys did that at Yankee Stadium, I tell you. And how many bands had a day named after them in the Bronx? So people could say what they want to say. You guys always got that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's, I'm not going to keep you long, Charlie, because I know you, you probably backed up the hell with all these interviews and everything. I'm just going to ask you one question. I'm going to give you four names. Just tell me one word to describe each of them. 
Joey Belladonna. Um, Joey Belladonna. Uh, Joey is very, um, wow, it's hard to just come up with a word for him. (laughs) I think that's it right there. There's too many words to describe him. Yeah, I mean, some days he's very sports-oriented. Some days he's very musically-oriented. Some days he's uh, he's very quiet, you know? Yeah. Um, so he has, he's multifaceted. <laughs> I got, that's a perfect word. <laughs> Dan Nelson. Um, It's kind of difficult to. It's the internet. You can curse. Yeah, it just. <laughs> you know, I hate to think of someone, and and it brings up such you know kind of feelings. You know, um, it brings back a time that was very, uh, very stressful, very very stressful, and I, I don't want to be. I, got I don't it. want to be there. I don't want to be there again. I got it. You want to get more stressful, Neil Tarbin? Well, well, Neil had a good sense of um, of art, and uh, he just couldn't hang. That was his one of his one of the biggest issues with the rest of the band and him is that he just couldn't hang, um, and. Uh, one of the reasons for for his for the downfall, he just couldn't hang and couldn't uh, couldn't cope with it. Got it. And Mr. John Bush. John, I mean, he's just you know, he's a person who went from being one of my closest you know friends to being someone that I don't even talk to anymore. Honestly, I didn't know that. It's a shame. But we're not going to go on that about that. It's just like a little uh, four-question thing over there. But, Charlie, you're a straightforward guy, man, and you're brutally honest. And, and you know, people may not like it, but that's the way the world is, and they got to accept it. And, you know, Anthrax is killing right now, and I hope it stays like that forever for you guys. Okay. Thank you, man. Thank you, Charlie. Take care.
All right, that was some brand new anthrax for you. Uh, we just spoke with Charlie Benante. I pre-recorded that earlier. Hope you enjoyed it. That was a song called In the End or For Worship Music. All right, in about a half hour or so, we have Ump from Motor Train calling in. So, got a nice live interview coming up soon. We're going to get some more music on. But first, you know what? It's time for our council calendar update. My good friend Kenny Pierce is bunkered down in the headquarters. He's going to give us some updates. Unless he's already out, hitting the road, and catching that concert scene in New York. I know uh, I was talking to him earlier, L.A. Uh, Guns was supposed to play last night in uh, New York City at some club that I, I've never really heard of before. I think they're more of a disco dance club, but uh, the show got canceled. The, uh, the band had a disagreement with the, with the venue, and they walked right before the show. So uh, I don't know much more than that. I haven't seen anything posted. So there were a lot of disappointed L.A. Gun fans out there last night. I'm going to get to see the show. But right now, let me get in touch with Ken Pierce and find out what's going on in the world of heavy metal this week in the New York Tri-State area. Ken, you there? Oh, well, hello again there, Mr. Big Cheese. It is absolutely fantastic to be back with you guys on the program. And i got to say, man, I am sort of bummed out because last night I headed out to the city to uh, to see Tracy Guns and uh, his his version of L.A. Guns who were playing over at the Club Rebel, but uh, watched a disagreement between the band and the venue unfold before my eyes, and uh, the band was essentially say, told goodbye. So uh, the show did not happen, so uh ended up with an early night home, and uh, and that was a bummer because nobody wants to see the show they had to canceled. But that is life in rock and roll, right? We have a lot of great stuff coming up this week, and i got to tell you, I am very excited to be part of this first show. Tomorrow, uh, Monday, over at the Highline Ballroom, the mighty Anvil will be dropping on New York City. And Piercing Metal, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be able to do a quick plug here, PiercingMetal.com, our Facebook page, we're doing a, a giveaway and we're picking out some fan names. And I think I still have a couple more to choose from with the list. Uh, but uh, but please head over to the Facebook.com/slash/PiercingMetal. If you see the post about Anvil, answer that question and put your name down. And if we still have some space, we will add you to the to the list of uh, potential uh, people to go. It's going to be an exciting exciting night. Uh, Tuesday, I have nothing on the radar per se. Uh, over to Wednesday, we have Three Doors Down, which is more of a, your alt-hard rock. They're over at the Hammerstein Ballroom. A uh, little black metal going on down in Greenpoint, New York, with Exhumed and Goat Whore over at the Club Europa. Thursday evening is Sebastian Bach over at Irving Plaza, while Girl in a Coma is in Williamsburg over at Knitting Factory. That's another alt band, and they're pretty interesting. Friday is a, quite a few things to do. Friday at about 12.30 in the afternoon, Stephen Wilson of the band Porcupine Tree is going to be over at J&R Music World. He is going to be doing a signing of his new solo album and performing a several-song acoustic set, and that is absolutely free, so that's awesome. Um, later that night, Stephen Wilson is also playing at the Best Buy Theater, and uh, you definitely want to check him out if you're into Porcupine Tree and any of his solo material. Hollywood Undead and Asking Alexandria are over at the Roseland Ballroom, and that's quite an interesting pairing because Hollywood Undead is one of those rap core bands, and it's it's not quite metal to me, but it's it's bringing back that rap stuff to uh, to the music, and uh, you know, it, 
depending on what side of the fence you are on that, uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. And Asking Alexandria is a metalcore band, so it's a, it's a really strange pairing. Uh, back out to Greenpoint again for Club Europa's presentation of Absu. That is the black metal uh, band, and they are fantastic to see. You definitely want to check them out. Saturday night is going to be an interesting one as well. Over at the Iridium Jazz Club, uh, fans might know that there's a lot of cool stuff going on at the Iridium. And this time, um, on Saturday, you have Jordan Rudess from the band Dream Theater. He's going to be performing two sets over at uh, at the Iridium. And for those fans who've never been to the Iridium Club, it is a very different way to enjoy uh, your artist. And they, they do play two sets, uh, a show at 8 p.m. and a show at 10 p.m. Uh, fans do need tickets to remain at both uh, events. Okay, so that's all I got for you this week. I know uh, I know last week I really impressed you with a ton of stuff, but there's only a handful of things this week to to uh, absorb. And remember, you can follow Piercing Metal Adventures over on Facebook and on Twitter, and uh, check out the main site for reviews when we get them posted. I hope you like what we're doing. And now it's back to the metal with the big cheese. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Ken Pierce of PiercingMetal.com. He just explained quickly in the beginning for everybody. I guess all he knows about what happened at the L.A. Gun Show last night. But you know what? There's a ton of stuff going on in New York City, and Kenny's got his thumb on everything. And for more, check out Kenny's site. He's got a whole bunch in them. But right here, you go to PiercingMetal.com. There's a link right up here on the homepage, and you can find all of Kenny's links everywhere. Some great album reviews, CD reviews, concert reviews, amazing photographs. He is the man to go to in New York City. And like he says, get in touch with him on his Facebook page for PiercingMetal.com. And uh, you might be his guest tomorrow night for the Anvil Show here in New York at the Highline Ballroom. The Highline's a, a great club, nice size, you know, it was really enjoyable over there. And a couple of blocks away, you got the old Homestead Steakhouse, so you can't beat that. So, you know what? Go and enjoy it. All right, like now, let me see what I can do for you now. Kenny's always saying, you know, Get some new music on here, and let's hear some new music. So Ralph sent me over some songs by his band Serpent on the Ground, and I'm going to get one off for you right now. Here you go.
All right, that was brand new music. That Serpent Underground, The Lie. Check them out, a great band. You know, I cut off Kenny too quick before. I should have kept him on so we could have talked more, but thankfully uh, he called back in. So, Ken, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I, but, you know, I realized, I, you know, this was, it was my fault for trying to keep it purely information when I got uh, so many events to do, and I know you got to get back to the music. But I realized before I hung up um, that you did want to hear a little bit more about the, uh, the L.A. Guns incident, and uh, essentially – uh, there was like some sort of disagreement uh, going on between uh, Tracy Guns and uh, the venue, and um, this is a small place, and it's one of those venues that uh, we have this a lot in the city, and these smaller clubs, they become something else after they do like a rock show. So um, the rock music was going on, supposed to go on at about 7.30 till about uh, maybe quarter of 11, and at 11 o'clock on the, bon- on the bone, it becomes... Uh, a dance club, and they're you know they let the the dance fans in, and they play that kind of stuff all night. But uh, something went on. I mean, he was he was mad at someone or looking for someone, and uh, and they were very tired and they were very agitated. And uh, security guys came out, and and it's not like I'm disclosing anything secret because there was maybe a, a dozen, two dozen fans uh, in the lobby area when this was all going on. So it's not like it's secret information. And uh, I remember turning to one of the fans uh, who asked me, you know, why is why are they yelling at each other? And I said, I just hope it gets quelled nice and calm because this is the kind of stuff that uh, that ends a gig. And uh, yeah. no sooner did I say that, uh, the tour manager starts rolling amps out to the front, and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Because, oh, man. Um, well, you know, because me, all right. Well, I'm disappointed for fans. Uh, that did want to see Tracy. And uh, for my own uh, selfish needs, you know, there were three shows in New York City that I could have gone to for coverage for the metal scene that I passed on to go see these. And it's not like, you know, I don't walk in uh, with the credentials of someone like Eddie Trunk saying, I'm here, let me in, and, they, and you and you walk right in, you know. It's yeah. just a schmo like you, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so I missed three other events that I could have uh, been to at least one of them. Uh, in, in a sense, and it's a shame because you know the uh, uh, the singer in the band is Delana, and I really wanted to see her sing and see what she was like in uh, in this lineup. And because um, you never know, you know these these bands that switch lineups so much, you never know how long someone's going to be with it or how long it's going to going to do this particular kind of thing. And uh, sure. and there were people that drove from upstate. There were people that drove from like Baltimore to see uh, to see Tracy do some stuff in. Uh, in New York City, and you know that's uh, so that sucked for you know no one, no one won in, at the end. But uh, I don't know if you realize this. I forgot to also wish the listeners to the program a very, very advanced happy heavy metal day. It's a uh, eleven eleven eleven. I've been watching VH1, and it keeps telling me eleven 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 is National Metal Day. So I'm guessing it's a na- it's a holiday now. Uh, no one should go to work. We should all be off. That sounds good to me. I mean, I'm on board. No one that day. And uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and I I guess we're all supposed to do something metal. So I um I've decided to go to a metal show. Surprise, surprise. And um, I've posted a blog that'll come live on on eleven 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 with some suggestions on how how I believe people should be uh, metal. And I think maybe next week you you can ask your listeners how they celebrated National Metal Day. I don't that's a good question. You know, Kenny, they don't get any more metal than you, buddy. So No, no, no. I follow in the footsteps of the big cheese. I really do. Nah. And get back to the L.A. Uh, guns things. Uh, yeah, sure. Ryan is in the chat room right now. He said that Tracy posted something on his Facebook page, or I guess the band's website, 
saying that whatever happened last night was like the scene from Stripes uh, with Francis. And Francis is the one that says, don't touch me. And right. So Ryan so, says, did somebody try to touch him or something of this? So well, you think I, that had anything to do with it? Uh, well, I guess so, if that's how he's relating it. You know, like I said, I didn't see something happen. I just saw that he was very mad about somebody. And, you know, I, I know that the band took a long time to get down here from wherever they come from, uh, uh, from wherever their first gig was. And uh, I know that they were running late. And I guess I guess two sides of it has had, had come into play. Like, let's let's assume it like this. Here you are, the headlining band. You arrive late for a venue that's only having rock and roll for three hours. You know? Yeah, so um, yeah. so that's that's probably uh, what led to it. Everybody was in an agitated mood, and you know, sure. no, one chose to, no one chose to work. Uh, there were not a lot of people there. I will be honest. You know, I mean, it was if I saw two dozen people around when when it when it all ended. I mean, but of course, the New York crowd is is a very strange uh, organism. When you have a band that they say, oh, we're going on at 9:30 these fans get there for 9.30. It's not like the old days, Mike, when we used to go to the club and exactly. see, at, like, hey, there's six openers, and our band, the main band's going on at 2.45. We would get there at 8 o'clock at night and watch every single band and uh, and stay until 2.45 until the headliner came on. So, but That's so true. I mean, you know, it was in a, it was, uh, it was a, it was a day to hang out. You hung out with your friends, you drank, right, you right, ate. Right, right, right. It was a whole night out. Today they look at it like, well, it's a chore, so I'm just going to go there at 9.30, see uh, L.A. Guns, and leave at 10.15 when they're done, instead of enjoying the whole night. And well, you, you know, know what you were what, What's crazy about it, there was, a, there, was an in, there was an unsigned opening band playing at, uh, at like 7.45, and people left the venue after they were done. I was like, wait a minute, you paid $20 to come to, ju- to just see the unsigned opener? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, hell, if I pay twenty dollars to see something, I want to see, you know, I want to see a long night, man. I, I, you know. Exactly. So, but that's about it, man. Uh, so let me let you get back to the program. I've t- I've jawed on too much, and I'm sorry. But again, uh, I just wanted to give you a little more finer detail about that. Uh, what I saw at the cancellation, and, and as I said, it did happen in front of me and, and a bunch of fans, which uh, sucked. And I do. I did tell Tracy about uh, the great interview he did with you, and I, I wished him well going forward outside of time. And he apologized for it not happening, but but uh, you know it is what it is. And again, you know everybody out in heavy metal mayhem world, I, please enjoy a very happy uh, National Metal Day from uh, the piercing metal side. Okay. So cheers. thank you very much, Maestro. I, I appreciate it. And we will listen to your update next week. Hey, I'll be calling next week. Okay. Cheers, okay, guys. Bye bye. Take care, buddy. Bye bye. All right, Mr. Ken Pierce from Pierce Mel calling back in to update us on what happened with the L.A. Guns show last night here in New York. And it's like he says, there are a lot of cl- – I mean, you have you have a handful of clubs in New York that put on regular shows like the Highline Ballroom, B.B. King's. You get the Hard Rock Cafe, the Gramercy, where, you, you know, you're going to go to see a show. There are a lot of smaller places, like he says, where, you know, like the first three hours of the night might be a rock or a metal show, and then it turns into a dance club afterwards. You have a place like the Delancey, which is like sort of like an old brownstone – and, you know, the first floor is a bar, and they've got dance and disco going on and music. And you go downstairs to the basement, and they have rock shows at the same time. So it's it's a weird mix of clubs right now in New York. If you're not playing at one of the more established uh, places, you know, you got a lot of places like that. You know, there are some places on uh, in Alphabet City, A, B, and C, where there's a ground floor club, a basement club, and a second floor, all doing something different. It's incredible. But, you know, it's just a different world right now in the club scene. So there's really not much you can do, you know. All righty, let me see right now. I'm going to get some music on. we got I'm calling it for Motor Train in a few minutes. How about we do some LaGriff?
Breaking Strain. Yeah. 
right, that was Saxon with Sailing to America, and that is our CallsMetal.com pick of the week. Head over to Calls' website for all the best in New Jersey heavy metal. Uh, Calls away at Baltimore this weekend for the Defenders of the Old Festival. Uh, he should have something up on his site about that this week. Uh, I heard it was a great concert last year, two-day show. Uh, he Wang brings together all the great 80s bands that he can and puts on this classic concert out there. So I'm looking forward to hearing Calls' review of that. And this song is playing on Calls' website right now. And Calls says he believes this is the first Thanksgiving song by a heavy metal band. And it comes from an English band, no less, Saxon, who were great at BB Kings a few weeks ago. All right, Um for Motor Train is going to be calling in in a few minutes. I'm going to get one more song on, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from him by then. Uh, my good buddies from New Jersey, Explorer, got a brand new record out, Vengeance Rise, An Angry Horse. I'm going to get a song off that new record for you right now. I know they have a CD uh, listening party coming up soon, so check out the band's website. Maybe you can get involved in that. If not, just go pick up the album. It's a killer one. Here's the song, Valley of Doom.
All right, that was explored. But right now, my guest, Aaron um, McCollum, is on the line. Aaron, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. What's going on, Cheese? What's happening, Ump? How's everything going? I'm um, good, man. And we're starting to chill out, chill out out here in Oklahoma. You know, I don't know how the weather is in New York. I think you guys got a light dusting recently, wasn't it? Yeah, last week we had a couple inches of snow. It knocked out power for about a week to everybody. You would think, uh, you know, being in a big city, we'd be a little bit more prepared. But I heard you guys had a little bit of an earthquake. We're getting oh. earthquakes, man. I don't know what's going on out here. We got like the worst weather this year. It's it, it's been insane. 2011 can go suck a dick because I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a crappy year weather-wise, man. Maybe they're right. Maybe the end of the world is coming next year. Who the hell knows? Uh, I don't know. Rapture's ready. I'm ready. I got I got the RV loaded up for all the people that aren't going to be going. So. Uh, you know, feel free to come by, and uh, we'll just cruise around. That's all you can do, man. You can't do anything <laughs> more than that. Uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you today. I got into you guys about a month or so ago, and the album was so refreshing because it's nothing like anything that's out there right now. You guys are just having a good time, it sounds like, man, and you're just putting out balls out rock and roll. Nothing more, nothing less. No, exactly, man. I mean, that's what we go for is, you know, it's two guitars and, and, and you know, and solos and, you know, that's it, man. And, and rough vocals. I mean, you know, I'm not the greatest front man on the planet. You know, I'm not like, you know, 80s metal kind of vocal, but, you know, we're all we're all fans of the genre, though, you know, and we just, you know, we've gotten we're getting we're getting a little up in years across the board. But, you know, we're just, you know, I don't know, man, there's nobody doing it. So we figured, you know, with with the way things, the tides are changing with music now. Like, seems like modern, you know, popular music. I was watching the other night on Jay Leno that Mute Math was on there, and they sound like a 1970s kind of early Led Zeppelin-y kind of thing with the Hammond yeah. Freeze and all that. So I think everything's cyclical, and I think you know our type of rock and roll is going to be coming back here pretty soon, man. And, and I'm glad for that because I'm sick of, you know, the Keshes and all the other junk that's going on right now. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. You know, there's, there's no reason for a lot of that shit that goes on, you know, with the auto-tune and people. There's no reason for that, man. A guitar, a bass, a drummer, and a singer, that's all you need. And, that's you know, it, man. People... Well, that, that's the thing is we're kind of like in the disco era. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. eventually everybody's going to be out burning their, uh, you know, their, 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 their Kesha CDs or, you know, iPods, <laughs> whatever. They can't come soon enough, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you were saying, you know, you don't think you're the greatest singer. But your vocals fit perfect for the band and its music. I mean, people, you know, you can listen to a guy like Lemmy from Motorhead. Can't, it's, 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 it's genius the way he sings because it fits Motorhead. You know, it's perfect. And that's how your vocals are with your band. Exactly, man. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, and that's one of those things. I, I was, you know, we're, we're kind of out here based in rural Oklahoma. So, and, and, and Chris C.B. Brower, you know, a really guitar player and also co-writer in the band, we, we kind of got together and we're like, you know what, this is what we're doing. And... To be able to like look and find, because we're near kind of Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is kind of a college town, which has got a lot of really cool indie bands. But you know, I can't sit there and go, "Hey, we're looking for a Bon Scott meets a you know like meets an Airborne meets a you know uh, Angry Anderson." Can can you do this? You know, and a lot of people are kind of like, "What?" Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Um, I've been a lead guitar player for years, and this is my first jump into doing vocals. And I just, I, you know, I felt comfortably that I can do it in key without any auto-tune or any of that kind of thing in the studio to fix things. And we just kind of went with it. And it's it's been working out so well, and I, and I appreciate your compliments, man. Uh, anytime. I mean, I know you you played with the Earths over in Phoenix before you, uh, I guess, went back home and started this band. But you weren't singing with them. You just played guitar? Yeah, I've, been, I've actually been playing lead guitar my entire life um, in, in metal and in new metal, um, electronic industrial metal, and then... You know, rock and roll, punk, and then yeah, I've been pretty much every genre possible as far as a guitar player is concerned. But this is really my first jump into you know vocals and on a rock and roll side. 
Yeah, I know you were just saying, like, you know, you come, you want to start a band, and you basically have to base it on, you know, the musicians that are going to be in your area because you've got to have people around you to play with. How's the scene over there? Is it enough to sustain you, or is it a, enough, like, like, get you started, at least get your foot in the door to get your name out there? Um, it is. I mean, because that's, that's the thing is we, you know, Chris and I got together, and we're like, all right, well, if a band like Nashville Pussy comes through or Rhino Bucket, you know, because I'm a huge fan of kicks. Don't let that out in the public. Oh, wait, never mind. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But I, I love I love kicks and I love Rhino Bucket. But if they come through to Oklahoma City or Fayetteville, Arkansas, or even Little Rock, I mean, because we're, we're kind of in the middle of all of this, you know, Dallas. I mean, we're within a few hours of all of this this area. Yeah. And, it, you know, we wanted to be one of those bands that are kind of centrally located that if Rhino Bucket comes to town, you know, they're, we're going to be the only band they call because what else are you going to get? You're going to get some, you know, maybe shoegazer emo crap or you're going to get a band that fits within the genre, you know, and that's that's kind of what we set out to do when we started this thing. That's true. Yeah, you got to go. That's a good – you know, I see a lot of shows, especially that come through the New York area where they mix, like, you know, I, such different genres of, like, rock and metal together that it amazes me, like, with the audience, because they, they only come for, like, one band, and they'll leave. They won't stick around. And that's a, sh- you know, it's a shame, but in a way, you know, you can't put, like, you know, David Bowie with Metallica. Maybe you can today, the way Metallica's going, who the hell knows, but, I mean, you know, you can't mix certain things together. It just doesn't play. Well, exactly. I mean, we had a we, we had the opportunity to play with Texas Hippie Coalition, and uh, they're a great band, great bunch of guys, and we're really into what they're doing, and... Um, you know, we had the opportunity to play with them, and their fans loved us, you know, which was really cool. I mean, we're totally different bands, but at the same time, we kind of have the same look, the same vibe. We're just a different genre with, you know, with just kind of the same southern feel, whether we're metal, rock and roll, or even southern hard rock, you know. It's just, you know, and that's that's kind of what we're trying to do with Motor Train is, is just trying to give people, you know, within all these other genres, we're kind of a band that you can just stick us anywhere, and we'll play with anybody. You know, and we'll take two or three fans out of it, and I'm totally cool with that, you know? Yeah, you know, one step at a time. You know, well, you know, like the Texas Hippie Coalition, I think that's a great mix with the two of you guys together because you both kind of got the same roots in a way. The only bad thing is just don't split the dinner bill with Big Daddy Rich, all right, all right, all right, because <laughs> exactly. that guy take you down. Exactly, exactly. All those guys, man, they're 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 hella eaters, man. <laughs> yeah. But they're all good guys, man. And we have a yeah. hanging out with them after the show and 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 and, and meeting all their fans and and gaining some new fans on our side too. And so you know, and that's the kind of stuff that we're looking to do. I mean, we're not you know we're not trying to recreate the fucking wheel, man. We're just not. And you know, but we love we love rock and roll, and that's what we're trying to bring back. I mean, we can all we're all great musicians, and we can all play in any genre we want. But you know what? Rock and roll has to come back. You know, like just solid, good, flat out yeah. party time rock and roll. Yep, that's what we're missing. Well, you got a, you got the album out, Straight Six. It's, it's your debut EP. Did yep. you guys do this on your own or? Um, we did. Um, we we kind of helped. You know, kind of kind of put it all together, and then we went out to Phoenix because I have some friends out there. Um, Mike Bolenbach that runs Fullwell Studios and Lewis Lashes, who's in a great band, Scorpion vs. Tarantula, um, is a great producer. He's got a great ear, and uh, it's somebody I've known for years. He helped work on some of the Earps albums, and uh, you know that's that's what I knew because I was out in Phoenix for quite a while, and we went out there, we recorded it, we literally did it in six days. So you got six songs in six days, and we hashed it out, and it, it's been a great ride, and, and it came out really well. I mean, we're all pleased with it. I mean, we you know cranked the amps to eleven and just went for it. That's a great thing, man. Do you, uh, <laughs> do you find it hard today? I mean, like you know, like to separate the business from the music end. Do you have to be like more like a salesman almost than a musician sometimes because there's merchandise involved. You want to get your CDs out there. 
you find it hard like juggling both ends where you rather just concentrate on the music? Um, yeah, it is, it is frustrating. I mean, you get caught up in the business end, but at the same time, you know, you know, we we all can go. You know what? I'm, we're gonna take like right now through the holiday the holiday time. We're all gonna kind of take a not really take a break. I mean, we'll play some local stuff here and there, but we're planning for a, you know a spring and summer tour. And then, you know, we're all kind of doing our own little independent things here and there with other friends and just kind of keeping the music stuff going within ourselves and then working on, you know, writing the next album, you know, and then passing stuff around. The beauty of the Internet is, man, you can slide tracks back and forth. Like Brower lives in Oklahoma City. I'm three and a half hours away. But we can slide tracks back and forth and go, hey, man, what do you think of this riff? Let's do this. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's, it's hard working the business side of everything. And the music side of everything, but at the same time, with the internet and the way things are going, collaboration is so much easier. I mean, I remember back in the old days, we had to like ship cassettes that kind of just threw it out into space yeah. and hope to God somebody listened to it. <laughs> you know, nowadays yeah. you can kind of shove it in their face and just keep shoving, you know, <laughs> or have it shoved Definitely. from different angles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, the internet's got its good and its bad. It's like a double-edged sword. It's quick and easy to reach people and you know get things moving around. But there's such a gluttony on there sometimes, trying to find your way through it and making yourself stand out. It's kind of difficult today. Well, exactly. I mean, and you, you know, even you and you know the show that you have. You know, it's you know it's Blog Talk Radio, and you know you're trying to get your name out there. I mean, you're a great interviewer. Like I've been listening all night. I mean, I apologize, I haven't listened before, but you know, at the same time, I mean, you know, the songs you're ha- the songs you have on there, everything. It's a great show. You know. Uh, thank we, you. Even I yeah, don't listen it, most of the time, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, but you understand as well. I mean, you've got to run the business yeah. side of things, and you've also got to run, you know, the, hey, um, you know, be the DJ in a sense. So That's using the word loosely, but I'll go with it. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, you're, not, you're not spinning records, you know. That's but, true. Uh, That's true. <laughs> but you, are you guys working on something new already? Or um, we, put- Yeah, we've got, you know, we've, you know like I said, we, you know, we just released a six-song EP to just kind of fly it up the flagpole as fast as we could. And just see what people thought, you know, and it's been received really well. It's strangely in the UK, it's been really well over, in, you know, in, in Europe. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. We just ran it up, and we're like, okay, it's out there. Oh, oh crap, we got to write another album. You know, it was kind of like, it was a little unexpected on on how it was been uh, how it's been received worldwide. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we definitely got to start working on some new stuff. So, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that. I mean, that's one of the good things about the internet in a way is that it kind of allows you to see where your fan base is, where you do better than other places, you know, the city, states, because, you know, they have all these different things. You can use all these programs you could uh, hook up to uh, find out where you're doing. So you're doing okay over in Europe. You see a big scene coming out from over there? Um, yeah. You know, what's, what's funny is, like, we're seeing a lot of stuff out of, like, Scandinavia, which is really weird. Like, I guess there's a huge new rock and roll kind of push over there, and they're sucking up anything they can on the rock and roll side, kind of like Japan in the late 80s. You yeah, know, Japan, they, they grabbed everything hair metal and just blew it up. I mean, great, granted, hair metal bands can go over in, in Japan now and still tour and just sell out every night, you know. But it's kind of the same way over there right now. Like, And they, these are countries I've never even, you know, I, you try to give me a globe, I, there's no way I'd figure out where the hell that thing's at, you know. No, I um, have to tell me. I, I'm, I'm the same. I can't even tell you the street down the corner that where I live. Right? Never mind another country. Exactly. But, you know, it's cool that people are into it and people are listening to it and we're getting some great reviews back from Europe and, you know, and, and uh, so I guess we've got to go to Europe, um, <laughs> you know, for a well, while. On the way there, stop in New York. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, and that's one of the things we're hoping to do this summer is by by mid – well, spring we're going west, and then by early summer, mid-summer, we're definitely doing the east coast. 
So oh, that'd be great. So we're we're coming up your way, man. So oh, we'll have some good. fun up there. Definitely, I'll take you out for a beer when you get here. Don't worry about that. You know, a lot of people are like you know, come play here, come play in California, come play in Florida. They don't realize how expensive it is, you know, to string a tour together, especially when you're doing it on your own. It, it must be astronomical today to try to put this together, like you know, between the venues, traveling expenses, and everything else. Oh yeah, well that's the thing. It is. It's definitely expensive. And then there's, you know, you got the major tours, those are like the uproar, the, you know, the warp tour, all these things. But all those, all those tours require a fee to even be on the shows. Yeah. Like, like some there's there's some tours we had one cross our plate. It was two hundred dollars a day just to even be on the tour. Wow. You know, and then you're talking fuel, and you know, fortunately we have, you know, the what we like to call the big bitch, which is our motor train RV, and it's all bunked and you know suited out for everything for travel. But at the same time, you know, that thing's three miles to the gallon. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, know, and you have to think logistically that way. Okay, so we're gonna are we gonna make enough on the merch because we're definitely not making anything per show, you know, and that's where the business side really becomes a pain in the ass. You know, yeah, and, it's but, so true. And, and that's the thing is you can jump on a, a small two week thing and, and kind of that realm as long as you don't go too far and hopefully you 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 know you gain enough merch to to kind of you know supplement what you're doing on the road so at least enough to you know eat you know lunchables or something every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the ham and cheese one's not too bad. The pizza's all right. But <laughs> exactly. I go with the ham and cheese. The little pizza ones, eh, not so good. Yeah, stick with the ham and cheese ones. <laughs> uh, it is. It, it, like, you know, the fans just want to see you, so they're always like, you know, come here, come there, but they don't realize the logistics of it and the money behind it. And, you know, for a band trying to do things on their own, it's not easy. I mean, and but today, I mean, there's not much of a uh, of a record industry anymore uh, to even, like, back a lot of bands up. Uh, so you kind of have to, you know, go to do-it-yourself route, which you guys are doing. But I also heard that you, you signed the Slam Bang Records also. Is that going to be for the new record? Um, yeah, it's it's actually they they kind of helped us put out this this EP, and then it, I don't know what we're gonna do from down the road. I mean, if something bigger comes along, you know, that kind of offers up you know a little more tour support, you know, as far as financially goes. But I mean, you know, it's like I said, the beauty, like you said, the beauty of the internet, and you know, the way things are kind of at a, a, a musician's touch, you can put anything on iTunes. I mean, you know, True. so True. I mean. It's one of those things where all labels are doing now is just distributing records. That's all they really are, and maybe a little bit of marketing and PR. And then you have a side, you know, maybe a side PR agency, a side booking agent. You know, like it's all like a little small network of people that come from all angles. Like, you know, we're really good friends. I've known the guys from Psycho Stick for shoot ten years. You know, and they, you know, they, and they're on one little label, and they have this PR group, and then they have this, you know, they have a booking agent, and you know, and that that's just the state of the industry right now. So labels, eh, unless you're on Universal or something major, yeah, they're not going to push you. I mean, they're they're going to push you to sell records, but other than that, they really don't care. Uh, no, no, that's that's the God's honest truth. I mean, a lot of these major labels, they want you to come in already with everything done. They don't even want to develop you anymore. They don't want to invest the time or the money. I don't even see A and R departments being relevant anymore. It's just like you know, have your name brand established, have everything done, and just give it to us, and we're going to make the money off it anyway. You know, and and it's a shame because we know what's going to happen ten years from now. Where's our music coming from if we don't start paying for it and supporting it now? I mean, you know, what's going to happen to the music scene? You know, when everybody's getting a little bit older and they just want to retire. Well, I'm not. Yeah, well, I mean, you're probably gonna have to have a trade, you know, degree in some type of welding trade or something silly, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's really just kind of the nature of the beast. It sucks, but at the same time, it puts the power back in the musician's hands and the DJ's sure. hands. You know, for you know, you prime example, you play whatever you want. You don't care. You know, you well, don't have to go to the director's but you know. 
But, well, you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't have some program directors like shoving stuff down your throat saying, you have to play this, you have to play that, you know? Exactly. Uh, there, there's a lot of freedom now on all ends. It's just, you know, it's, you know, you know, back in the 50s it was that way, you know? DJs spun what was handed to them, you know? And it wasn't necessarily coming down from the program director back in the 50s and, you know, like Elvis days and Beatles days. They got something across their plate, and they're like, hey, let's spin it. I dig it, you know? And that's I think that's kind of where we're at now. Um, it's 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 back in our power. It's just we've got to figure out. It's kind of like the Occupy moving, movement, you know? We've got to all, yeah. all have kind of a clear direction on how we want this kind of river to flow, and it'll work out. It'll work itself out. I mean, everything's on a cycle. That's true. That's true. What comes around goes around. The only thing I'm trying to occupy over here is about three more inches of my bed at night because I'm, like, hanging off the edge. I gotta get a little bit more bed space back. That's all I need. <laughs> we all do, man. We all do. You know, <laughs> things are getting rough over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Totally understand, hey, man. Have you guys just put uh, you put out a video too for going, going, gone? Yeah, we did. Um, it was kind of a you know we kind of went back to the um, the '80s style of storytelling on videos. You know, because a lot of bands now, I, I've seen one from like arcade. Well, nobody plays videos anymore anyway, unless you're on YouTube. But um, yeah. But uh, you know, I saw one from Arcade Fire, and none of the none of them make any sense. You know, like there's no real clear. I think the only one I saw with the storyline kind of to it was like the last thirty seconds to Mars, like nine minute thing. You know, and then, um, but yeah, we wanted to kind of go with the story type of what's going on. It's a breakup song, and it's kind of a breakup in a snide fuck you kind of way. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it. it, it yeah, we just released it on Here'sYourSong.com because we wanted everybody to kind of a central place to go to to check it out instead of trying to dig through YouTube or our site or Facebook or whatever. Just Here'sYourSong.com. It's right there. Check it out. Um, but it's kind of a story, you know. It's got a hot chick in it, really, and then rock and roll. So <laughs> What do you need more than that? You can't get more 80s than that, dude. <laughs> that's all you need in life. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, that's some good stuff over there. How do you like you know dealing with the internet? Because like it says, you had MySpace for a while, which is what happened. Now and now everybody's like shifted to Facebook. Reverb Nation is another site that a lot of people use. And where do you find it to be like you know the best for a band to get their stuff out and offer like their fans the most in one site besides like your own personal website? Um, well, I think as far as tools go, Reverb Nation's got got kind of their, they were kind of the the first one through. And then you have a lot of things like SoundCloud, and then you got to work. You know, there's there's, um, I think it's called Bandpage. And then um, our manager just got a hold of a really cool back end system. I have to think of it. Um, you know what? I'll post a link on your Facebook once I Definitely. figure out what it was. But what it does is it helps you inventory all your merch, and you can store up like interviews like this to hand out to you know every other thing. Um, but as far as Things like that go. I think Reverb Nation, Sonic Bids, they're doing a pretty good job as far as hooking bands up with really cool tours and stuff. Um, it's it's really anybody's game right now, and that's what kind of yeah. sucks. I mean, there's so many there's so many sites out there. Unlike MySpace, I mean, when I was in the Europe, we booked a you know a tour just off MySpace alone. Yeah, it was a great site for a long time. You know, it still is a good site for bands. I mean, you can really go on there and you know get a whole bunch of information on, on a band. So it's still good for the bands. Right. Yeah, and it is, but I think I think it's dead in the water. Like before, you had the ability to connect bands with people, and now it's just all bands. You know, it's kind of yeah. like a garage band. You know, because garage yeah. band was really good in the, at its time, but all it was was bands on there. And if you want to connect with bands or you know promoters or man, you know like management people or venues or whatever, it was really easy. But as far as connecting with fans go, the best thing is is honestly, I'd say for any indie band, is get all of your 
bandmates involved and everybody they know and really just push on Facebook, you know, your Reverb Nation page or your MySpace yeah. page or any of those kind of things. That's what's worked out for us. So, Yeah, that's the happening spot right now. You know, as a musician or even as a fan, uh, you know, everything today is, the, you know, the digital downloads. Like I said, iTunes, you can get it on Amazon, CD Baby. Uh, do you prefer to have your music digitally or do you like having, like, you know, a hard copy in your hand of a CD or even a vinyl record? Because a lot of the, the older bands are putting stuff back out on vinyl again because they seem to be selling it where, you know, most people are downloading stuff illegally off the net. Well, and that's the thing. Is, well, with the vinyl, you get a lot of, like, um, I, I hate to say it, but it's like a musical elitist or um, like, like, I, like, you know, my girlfriend likes to call me as an audiophile. Like, I like the, you know, little crispy kind of crackly sound of, you know, Led Zeppelin IV, you know, when you, yeah. you know, when you throw it on a turntable. And you get those kind of musical elitists, which is really cool. But as far as digital downloads, I think, I think that's just the wave of the future, and we all have to kind of lean that way. But as far as a physical album, um, I think what we're going to do for our next album is literally, you know, come up with two or three singles, put them out there, and which forces us to make better songs. You know, put them out there individually on, like, iTunes or whatever, and then once we get a full album together, fully press it and give it to those people that want a physical copy with, like, artwork or maybe some bonus DVD material or that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, it's whatever the band wants to do, but a physical copy right now, I mean, it's expensive um, to release that kind of thing and just have it sitting on the shelf. True. Yeah, and, and you know, it's hard to find places to even sell them today because most of the neighborhood shops, or at least here where I am, they're, they're gone. They're not around no more. You don't even have, like, Tower Records or Virgin, which were two big stores in the New York area. You don't have the mom-and-pop shops anymore. You see the Walmart or Best Buy, and even Best Buy right now, they've shrunk their CD section down to pretty much nothing, at least over here in the city. Well, and that's the same way out here, too. I mean, even Walmart's down to, like, two aisles of CDs, and they're all country, you know? So, yeah, yeah what are you going to do? Um, but as far as a fan finding stuff, I mean, you know, uh, it, it forces a lot of work on the fan to, you know, in the genre to kind of dig and find what they want in metal, and, and it's kind of word of mouth. And, and I think that's that's just what it's going to boil down to is word of mouth and a digital download off of Amazon or iTunes or whatever. You know, and then you yeah. just have to give your fans like the bonus DVD stuff. Like, well, I mean, like we're huge fans of the Foo Fighters, well, at least their last album. And they put out, you know, like pieces of the two-inch tape they physically recorded on in every sleeve. I mean, to me, that was actually kind of cool. You get a piece of history off of this album. So, yeah. Um, and it just forces you to be creative, you know. Well, that's the biggest thing in today's business. You know, Ump, I only got about five minutes left in the show. I, I wish I could talk to you forever, man, but I want to get on a song before I, I you know, I let people hear Motor Train. Cool. Cool. Appreciate it. Before I get, but anytime you want to come on, man, you do that. You've got me. I'm another fan, so you can add one more to your list over there. And when you get to New York, I will definitely be there to see you guys. There's no doubt about it. Cool, man. I appreciate it. And anytime you want to call, just shoot me an email, you know, and I'm always down to talk. I'm, i got the gift of gab being an Oklahoman. It's actually Oklahoma, <laughs> by the way. I definitely will. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you guys on the internet and where is the best spot to get the the CD? Um, MotorTrainMusic.com. We have a store on there. Um, we've got shirts. We've got you know all in CDs, and we have actually a shirt and a CD package um, that they, people can buy twenty bucks, you know, plus shipping and processing or whatever um, to to get the album and you know one of our new designs of our our our, our final you know fully done logo that we had um, an artist out in Arizona do for us, but. Um, uh, yeah, MotorTrainMusic.com is the best place to find out what's going on or get us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MotorTrain. And th those are really the places we update the most. So, 
That sounds good, man. Um, thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate it. Best of luck with the band. Hey, same to you, man. Good luck, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. Take care. Thank you. All right, you too. Bye. All right, Albie, what a great guy, man. What a good band. If you haven't heard them yet, I'm going to get on a song for you right now. But definitely check out their website and go get this album. I mean, these are the bands you got to support. You know, these bands that are coming up now because they're going to be our future, man. So it's a motor train. Bombs away. All right, there you go, Motor Train with Bombs Away. I want to thank my guest, Dom, for calling in tonight, Charlie Benante from Anthrax. I want to thank everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, this Thursday on the Metal Matinee, it's Salute 
Uh, tribute to the veterans for Veterans Day, and don't forget to tune in this time next Sunday. Pull both staff from Testament, Flaya, Exodus, Forbidden, and now Blackgate, the band he's playing in with uh, Uriah Duffy from Whitesnake, and Dan Nelson, the former Anthrax singer, will be my guest, along with David Reese, former Accept vocalist and from Bangalore Choir and Gypsy Rose. So we've got a great week of shows for you. Don't forget to tune in at 6 o'clock next week and 1 p.m. this Thursday to the Metal Matinee. Once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank my guest. I will see you guys Thursday. Take care. The best heavy metal anywhere. BlogTalkRadio.com and Heavy Metal Mayhem. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.